Welcome to Stepping Stone's Fearless Inventory Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis. The Fearless Inventory Podcast is here to help anyone take a quick, honest self-inventory on topics we at Stepping Stones know are key to living free from all forms of victimization. But what's really great about this is that these topics are relevant for everyone. You don't have to be in a crisis to take a step back and check in on how you're doing. We all have areas of unmanageability in our lives. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship or drug or alcohol abuse or even overspending. But once we recognize these areas in our lives and start to understand how we got to a point of unmanageability, then we can begin to do the courageous and hard work to live better lives. And that's what this podcast is all about. Welcome to the Fearless Inventory Podcast. I'm your host, Alexis, and today I have Melissa, our lead advocate for our 24-7, 365 Advocacy and Shelter Services here with me. Melissa is joining me today to share about her own experiences with the topics we're going to talk about and her time supporting families who are doing the hard work it takes to live free from abuse. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our earlier episodes about unmanageability and domestic violence, we encourage you to check those episodes out first because they will help give you an understanding about the unique way that Stepping Stone serves families. And as always, we talk about some tough topics on our podcast that are difficult for some people to hear. And be aware that this episode is no different. Our advocates are always available to talk if something comes up for you after listening today. You can reach our team day or night on our 24-7 helpline at 928-445-4673. In our over 40 years of working with families, we at Stepping Stones know that domestic violence typically doesn't happen alone. A lot of times there are different challenging things that are happening in someone's life, and sometimes there's a lot of different things happening. One of those things that we often see is substance abuse. We're not just talking about substance abuse of the offender, but often that of the victim as well. The use of alcohol or other illegal drugs may be keeping that person vulnerable, and it's something that they can take a look at in their lives, and our awesome team of advocates can help support that person and provide resources for them. Melissa, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I can think of so many stories, I'm sure you can too, of families that have come to Stepping Stones, and their story includes alcohol addiction or use of illegal drugs and how those substances played a role in what they experienced. I can think of one story uh, from someone who was with us a few years ago, and you know, she shared with me that she had her own issues with substance abuse. Her partner had issues with substance abuse. When they both were clean, they felt good, that things were okay when they were together. But then when they both were using, it was very volatile and very abusive. And then at one point, she was clean and he was not, and that's what really triggered for her that like this isn't okay and that our relationship isn't okay. And Melissa, I know that your story includes both of these things too. When you look back, how did substance abuse and domestic violence play a role in your life? Um, They were both hand in hand. It was, um, you know, I was never in a healthy relationship when I was um, using drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I started using substances and alcohol at the age of uh, 16. And by 17 years old, I was in my first unhealthy domestic violence relationship. Um, and throughout my time, uh, last 20 plus years, um, I would say all of my relationships, you know, um, at least long term were, you know, um, unhealthy and toxic because of my substance abuse. I managed to pick, <laughs> pick out the, um, people that were unhealthy for me and that were um, yeah. under the influence as well. So it wasn't ever to start healthy, never, right? you know, to begin with. So, um, what did those relationships kind of look like when you, when you're talking about them being unhealthy, can you give like an example of what they kind of looked like? Um, well, with both of our, you know, we, uh, I had my own cycle of unmanageability. So, um, utter chaos, uh, violence, um, uh, drug abuse. And that was the main, the main focus was, oh, you know, where are we going to get our next fix? Um, what are we going to have to do? Um, you know, uh, that was the need that needed to be met. Nothing about have being healthy or nothing about, um, you know, anything else but that. Sure. So the focus always kind of went back to the substance use mm -hmm. and figuring out how that was going to stay central because it was an addiction. It was so important yeah. in your life at that time. Yeah, that's the main path. I, it was, um, that was the only one I knew after, you know, so many years of uh, drug abuse. Um, I basically needed it to function. Mm -hmm. So um, when it wasn't there, it was, uh, un, you know, the unmanageability, the um, things happened to get unpredictable, violent uh, when things weren't good, meaning there wasn't drug drugs, you know, there. So right. how did you how did you feel um, during any times when you weren't using? Did you feel like you were able to? start thinking about how to how to better your life or did it always just kind of come back around to how how do I get back to the substance use um well I can explain a situation um where I had a um a long period of time where I um, sustained sobriety and uh focused on myself um and prior to that, it was, you know, I was homeless in Mexico, um, enduring, um, all kinds of different abuse. Um, and I felt my life was in danger and it was scary for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically, you know, couldn't communicate with people. Um, and looking back, I realized there were so many different red flags um, to what was going on. And really in the past, I, um, my cycle of unmanageability or, you know, I used to call it that vicious cycle <laughs> mm -hmm. would be, um, getting depressed, choosing my behavior, which was abuse of any, whatever kind, mm -hmm. um, usually drug abuse to numb myself. Well, um, after for so long, it, it kind of, uh, 
goes away and it doesn't work out very well for you. And I wasn't able to be numb and all my feelings came up, all my guilt and shame. I had children uh, that weren't with me. I had, um, I had lost them. My parents, my parents, uh, my situation was that they, they uh, felt my kids' uh, safety was in jeopardy and so they, they'd taken them. Mm-hmm. Um, but after several weeks, you know, I was able to get back to um, the States and I knew I needed a, a long-term facility. Uh, and so I ended up being in, uh, going into an inpatient facility, uh, for a year long and there I was able to focus on, you know, trauma therapy, meeting with case managers. Um, uh, we did 12 step meetings every night, uh, and just step work in general. Um, and there I was able to, um, cause I was open, I was open to, um, figuring out, I didn't want to live like that anymore, you know? So, um, being able to be honest and throw everything out on the table and being open to change and just willing to focus on myself. And it's, it's definitely not easy. It's, it's it's super hard work. And that's why people don't really, you know, it's a, it's the least path of resistance when using drugs. It's what I knew. It's what I knew for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I had a, a great opportunity to, um, stay there for a year and get help, the help I needed. That's great. And that really was that point for you where, you started to understand what life would be like without substance abuse and being able to focus on yourself and start working on those issues in your life. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It was, um, and then being able to focus on, um, my children's needs because my, my children's needs didn't get get met when I was, um, mothering them you know mm-hmm. and and I realize that now you know I took it you know everything for granted and I it was always somebody else's fault or you know I never held myself accountable to um the choices I made um and learning that stuff and and being grateful for the opportunities and um all that personal growth uh I realized that um it was a, it was me I was the one doing things, um, and, uh, and, and in return, people got hurt. My children were hurt. My family was hurt. Um, but that was such a, I think that's such an important thing. Uh, and something that we obviously talk about at stepping stones all the time about finding those places where it's about taking a look at ourselves, you know, that inventory, honest inventory of our own lives to see what it is that we have control over, what it is that we can take back and not focus on somebody did something to me, but it's about what can I do to change my life? What can I do? What do I have the power over? And what is it that I just need to let go of? Because Mm -hmm. I can't control other people. I can't control what they do. The only thing I can control is me, right? I can control my choices and my thoughts and what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And then once, you know, um, I had some clean time and was able to, you know, the fog was lifted. Um, 
I'm able to pro I was able to process that stuff um with my past trauma and where things stem from mm -hmm. you know um and and taking a hard look at yourself it's not easy it's no, it's, it's uh not. it's you know I tried every which way to go around things and it never turned out right for me um so yeah you have to put in the work but at the in the end game it's <laughs> life is amazing I love myself today I have self-confidence self-worth it's awesome Melissa you've worked so hard and I think it's such an awesome story to be able to share that um it wasn't easy right it took a lot of time it took tons of work and tons of effort like you said lots of time yeah in therapy and taking a look at things in your life that led you to where you were and that is really what that true life change is about that's what we think about and talk about and help support people uh, through here at Stepping Stones because we know that that's where the real life change comes you know uh, people have probably heard us say so many times like you yeah. can put a roof mm -hmm. over somebody's head you can help them get a job and get a car but if they aren't able to start taking a look at some of the things that may be keeping them in that cycle of unmanageability in a place of chaos vulnerable to other other things in the world that will come up and that could be an issue for them, then um, it's it's likely that it's not going to stick long term. And I'm sure you've seen that with lots of families that come to us of that right. hard work that it takes for them to be able to overcome some of those things in their lives. And what what do you um, what kinds of things do you share with them uh, because of your own experience and because of the own hard work that you've done that are able to help them move forward in their lives as well. Well, and it's dependent, you know, depending on the person, if um, they struggled with substance abuse before, that's the main, that's number one priority. You're not going to be able to process things and work through things if you have uh, drug abuse on your mind. The obsession and temptation is, is real. It doesn't, it does, it's not easy to go away. Um, and if that's something that you need to focus on first, that should be number top priority. Yeah, finding those resources and getting them yeah. connected to whatever it is that is the the substance abuse challenge for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, whether it be inpatient, um, you know, attending twelve step meetings for that support, it's always helpful for support, especially you know having that experience, strength, and hope around you, um, and knowing that you're you're not alone in this. Right. You know. Um, Therapy's, you know, number two probably for yeah, me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and typically it's, you know, there's several. There's, I hear a lot that, you know, I just don't want to bring up that stuff, uh, you know. But at the same time, uh, that stuff is affecting you in some which way. You know, it. Mm -hmm. um, and again, if you're not working through it and you're trying to go around it, trying to appease people or... Uh, doing what you what the lesser of the two is is uh, is not helpful for for anybody so yeah it it takes the time you have to take the time to take a look at it and it's not fun or easy right <laughs> we don't we don't want to look no. at the bad things in our own lives no we just yeah push it down push it away pretend it's not there but that's really not helping anyone in the long right, run right and you see that that people um some you get some kind of uh for myself it was it was i know i'm broken 
Uh, I know I need help. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen that cycle in myself several times in in my in my time of uh, drug abuse, um, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to you know continue that, and and something happened. Uh, so it was. It was easy. It was easy for me to start looking at that stuff. But some people will fight it. They will tooth and nail. They're like, no, just need a place for myself and I'm out of here. And you know what? That's okay. You know, if they choose to do that. um, But giving them that message of we know what works. Yep. You know, we know what works. The therapy, the fellowship meeting, having that support, learning about domestic violence, learning about codependency boundaries. Um, those are all key. I think that's such an important message too. Like sometimes it's not the right time yet for someone. Maybe they're not quite there yet. They know they need help, but they're not sure what that looks like. And we are always here for those people. Mm -hmm. We're here. If you come to us, you come to shelter for a while, or you come talk to our advocates for a while, you leave and maybe you fall back into something the same lifestyle that you were in before or end up in another abusive relationship or go back to that relationship it's okay you can always come back and talk to Mm -hmm. us again because Mm -hmm. we know that it doesn't happen overnight and it's not easy and it's going to take time and work to get there it always makes me think of um, a lady that I know she came to us for a while did a lot of hard work did a great job left and then you know a year later she she came back to us and the second time uh, she came back to us, I remember her telling me, uh, you know what, this time it's making more sense. This time I'm hearing you. Before I heard you, but I didn't take it. I didn't internalize it, but this time I'm getting it. And that's sometimes what it takes, you know? Like how many times do we have lessons in other parts of our lives that we don't get the first time, you know? (laughs) I, for one, have had several of those. Yes, I mean, I think we all do. Uh, There are lots of things in our lives that maybe we we don't learn from the first time around, but it takes time for us to understand and to apply that to our lives. And just imagine how much harder that can be when someone is living in unmanageable, a chaotic, a life led by drug and drug and alcohol abuse or um, a life that is full of physical abuse in a relationship that's that's that much harder to try to navigate through and figure out so it takes time and it takes hard work and it doesn't happen just immediately no I've tried to um and 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 having returning people it's it's always good, you know, if, if you're struggling still and you're scared to call, still call, call anyways. Uh, because I didn't get it the first time, second time, or third time, or fourth time. Uh, I've had several opportunities and um, didn't, uh, didn't take, it didn't take for me. Right. So, um, so if we can plant a seed, hopefully, uh, there's some good things to remember and and help people know that there's hope right yeah yeah. there's hope for something different if they want to do that hard work and to help get there and our advocates are there to help support them no matter what we can help figure it out with them and, and give them the tools and the resources that then they can do that hard work to really get through that so melissa how's life now tell me about your life now (laughs) 
uh, you know what? I take it day by day. I am, I'm grateful for everything I have in my life today. Um, it's very simple. I am there for all of my parents. Um, and I like to do that. I like to be there and, and trying to give back to them. I have a healthy relationship with my children. Um, they're my little troopers. They've, uh, come a long way with me. Um, I, I, I love what I do. And that's, that's something that uh, a lot of people can't say, mm -hmm. um, giving back to other families and, and, uh, being able to relate to them so well, um, I think it's helpful for them to connect more, better, especially better with all the advocates, um, because there's always um, something we can relate to with them. Yeah. Um, my life is good. I just do the next right thing. Your motto, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> just do the next it's right thing. It's very simple. And yes. if you go by that, I tell you what, <laughs> you're going to be good to go. But it's easy. My life is easy, and I love myself again. Um, I I have self esteem, which I didn't have for forever. Um, I love the people I work with. Um, you know, and life's too short. Life is too short. Uh, so I'm gonna make the best of the rest of what I have. That's awesome. Any final thoughts if someone, you know, wanted to reach out to Stepping Stones but was afraid to call, what would you what would you tell them? It's never too late. It's never too late to call. And you know what? Make that first step and and just talk to to us. Um we're always going to be there. Um you don't even have to, you can tell us anything. It doesn't, you know. You don't have to have the right answers, you right? You don't have to have the right you answers. Just, you can call and talk, and that's what our advocates that's are here for. That's what we're there for, yep. Melissa, thank you for sharing about your life, your experiences, and all of the hard work that you have done to really change your life. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, if you listen to today's episode and you feel like you need to talk to someone, our advocates are available 24-7, 365. They can uh, help you get to a safe place if you are not. Uh, they can also provide community resources for families in West Yavapai County where we serve. You also don't have to live in our shelter to receive res support from us. We have educational support groups, safety planning, and so many other resources you can reach our advocates day or night on our helpline at 928-445-4673. And you can always visit us online at steppingstonesaz.org to learn more about what we do and how we serve in the community. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to next time on Fearless Inventory Podcast. This podcast is presented by Stepping Stones Agencies, a not-for-profit organization providing 24-7, 365 advocacy services and safe shelter for adults and children experiencing intimate partner violence and other forms of victimization throughout West Yavapai County, Arizona. Visit steppingstonesaz.org for more information.